Hi, I'm Stephen Crafty. I'm here at RMIT University in Melbourne and I'm presenting Talking Design. I'm here with uh, today with landscape designer Rick Exley, who's been a landscape designer for about 30 years. No, you're giving away my age there, uh, Stephen. Well, you started, yes, I've been around a while. Well, when you started about five, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, five. Yes, that's five. But I think what's interesting about Rick, he's just got this wonderful gift for um, gardens and creating something that's actually pleasurable to be in. Um, I think it's interesting. I was talking to Rick before we settled down and I said, gardens in the 50s were just so much pleasure for the owners. What's happened? Yes, I'd, um, it has um, It's changed a bit. I think personally, uh, uh, as I've seen it evolve, if it has evolved, is that that bigger backyard, that that quarter acre block or whatever now has become uh, half a new extension on the house uh, houses have got much bigger gardens have got less uh, makes it more difficult to use that space it's really hard it's, mm. it's a difficult job to make a small space look really uh, pleasurable and comfortable so I think we've got less land uh, because but, prices have increased. As right, well. well, that's it. They're, they're just putting they're putting two houses on, on on that block, or they're putting three or four. But uh, so yes, I think the and and I think the way the the gardens were used in the fifties, because the home was the entertainment. It was like that's where you played the cricket, or the kids played cricket, or uh, that's where you had barbecues, or that's where you hung the washing. That's where you went. That's where the you know the outdoor. Mm. Dunny was really that was a, like a that backyard was your sort of now it's become more an entertainment area of like videos uh you know uh cooking outside yeah. that, that sort of thing it's very so quite hard in a sense i think um, less i think less romantic much less romantic i think you know uh gone is the day we could have the barbie under you know a lovely gum tree or just a shady tree just 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 simple uh i think uh the, the, the it's more pressure on having uh the designer barbecue on the designer bench and uh, a row of yuccas along at one side yes well yes i mean planting has been um, planting i think has suffered in in, in design in garden design uh, uh for Firstly, we've got uh, climate change right on our doorstep and uh, we're getting some pretty severe uh, uh, weather changes and uh, climatic changes and uh, it makes it difficult for uh, to grow plants because uh, some like it wet, some like it dry and you get wet and dry and you lose your plants. You studied at um, Burnley College. Yes. Um, and I would have hoped that was part of the program that you looked at architecture and landscape combined. Was that ever discussed, or was it just? Well, I think uh, when I was at Burnley, uh, I think the design side was um, perhaps an add-on because it was really horticultural science that I did, the, that I studied. So it was more a scientific uh, back background. But I was interested much more in the, the design side. And so, uh, yeah, it was pretty raw. I think pretty much Burnley taught you perhaps how to research and study, but I think uh, really uh, creativity, uh, you taught yourself uh, experiencing or, or reading or seeing other uh, uh, how other people were working. Remembering, I think, landscape design is uh, is a reasonably 
It's really new profession. It's a sort of new profession. Like, well, you had, um, you know, the, the Australia, the early Australians, Alice, uh, Alice and uh, Gordon Ford. Yes, doing it. But uh, it was, um, uh, but it has become now. There's there's lots and lots of uh, competitive uh, uh, garden designers out there. Whether they're good or not, I don't know. Yeah. Well, how how do you become a garden designer? I mean, do you, do you think? You have to have that training, or do you think? No, no, no. Who... I don't think so. I don't. Th- I, I think. Uh, uh, I think if uh, if you've got if you're interested and you're uh, you've got some sort of uh, eye, uh, then you can learn. You you can learn, um, uh, and uh, uh, and you can learn just as an art. I know there's plenty of artists, painters, and sculptors that have taught themselves, and uh, okay. so no, I think uh, good. Good to have that uh, backup, but uh, I think you can teach yourself. Yeah, Rick, I'm looking at some wonderful images of some of the gardens you've done, and if I was trying to encapsulate what they're trying to say, very naturalistic, yes. very much responding to the site. Yes, beautiful yeah. Australian species. And I remember hearing uh, you interviewed uh, previously in a program saying, you know, you don't particularly like lawn. Mm. Um, so how do you approach a design? What's the starting point when you see it meet up for a, with a client for the first time? Mm. You see there, you know. I know. It, well, it's it's difficult. You, I, I think you have to. Uh, well, you actually have to listen to the client for uh, for a start. Uh, they uh, that can give you a, re, a a really quite informative brief, and so. I think to be a good designer, you you need to listen, then look at the site. What type of what type of elements are usually included in that brief? Is it as specific as the type of plants they like? Yeah, well, not so much. Yes, no. They'll they'll give sort of the style that they like, and and normally that will come from either some magazine pictures, or worry. <laughs> yes, or it'll come from. Uh, how the the family unit, how 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 the family works as as a unit, and and, and what they want from their garden, because really, mm-hmm. uh, this garden that you put in is a response to lifestyle. It's how it's how people will use it, and whether they use it half the year, mm-hmm. or it, whether they use it only, you know, ten weeks of the year. And uh, Rick, how, how do you then proceed? Do you do a series of sketches? We do. Plans? We do. Yeah. We do. We'll uh, run through that brief and then uh, do concept sketches, and then uh, let them take that on board. They'll, they'll work through that concept sketch. Then there's a sign-off period to go to design development, and the design development is the nitty-gritty of of the design uh, that's going to be built by a contractor. So it's really important that that. That those those nitty gritty ideas stay in the design because often a builder can take the easy way out or just change change what it from Do the you, design. Is there a problem with landscape designers and architects that they're often called in after the projects right almost complete and then they expect you to kind of patch it up and do something? Well, that's true. I think we, I think uh, garden design will yeah. uh, we're called in a little bit too late. It's the best, the best gardens are when you work with your architect right from the start. You know, if, if you've got uh, an architect, you know, architect yeah. firms yeah. that will call you in, they're saying like this. Well, because you get that integration. You know, you 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 between the building and the yeah, garden. Yeah, 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 and 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 it works uh, works really well. Uh, often, yes, uh, the house is laid out, it's built, even. 
What's also perhaps built is the hard paving areas, or, or the pool has been placed. And pergolas. That's that's been placed, and they think, well, okay, what do we do now? We need to dress it up with plants. But plants is only a very small part of, of a garden, really, because there's lots and lots of elements that are to be considered. You know, flooring, yeah. uh, vistas, walling, uh, water. There's uh, there's a whole sky as well. Yeah. That's the thing. Have you I ever, love the have, sky. Rick? Have you ever come across a project where the clients actually realised that they've haven't can, haven't been able to connect with the garden? That they realised that this isn't going to be just a band aid solution. Yeah. They've actually had to redo the house and then... Not so much redo the house, I don't think. They've had to perhaps open up uh, some walls, you know, or something like that. So yeah. so you've got easy access to uh, uh, El Fresco areas or something yeah. like that. But, you know, here uh, we get so much... I mean, it, we, it's savage. This sun we've got is so savage. but And people tend to sort of still veer away from planted shade and planted trees. They, 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 they think that, I, think, I don't know what it is, it's messy or it's something. But well, they think they can just put up a big market umbrella and that yes. would be fine. Can you believe that? Or not yeah. a, or a sale. Or, or ugly. Yeah, dread, dreadful. Uh, they, they, oh, they just give you heated air underneath that. It, it, it's, mm. But you've got to have foliage and sky above you to make mm. you feel good. That's just look at uh, uh, in in um, Umbria or yeah. Capri. There's only a vine leaf, vines or or simple lemons, and you're sitting under there, and it's it's fantastic. Rick, I'm looking at this amazing um, pergola that uh, you've got in a house. I'm assuming it's a house, mm. and it it looks like the shape of a roof, yes. and very fine um, black beams, and you've just let the creepers grow through, and then that will become the roof. Yeah, that will become that. That gives you your shade and uh, uh, and your designated area uh, to go to go to. It's if that didn't have a creeper or shade on it, Stephen, it's un- it'd be uncomfortable. You just wouldn't you, would, you just wouldn't go to it. And I think it's important if we're talking about El Fresco areas, entertaining areas that. You, you've, they're well facilitated, so you've got, uh, you know, you, your cooking areas and, and your eating areas and all worked out, so uh, uh, you're not running back forth to, to the house. And... Rick, what's interesting about the work that you've done, the way I see it, and I could be wrong, is that you actually successfully combine Indigenous plants with European. Yeah, good so on. you're not... It's not one no, or the other. No, no, I'm not a purist. I, I'm not a purist when it comes to uh, uh, choosing uh, strictly native plants and, uh, and or indigenous plants, uh, because really and truly, I mean, native indigenous, it's they spread everywhere. You know mm. where, what's uh, what's indigenous to the area. But uh, no, I'm more about combining plants as just as a medium so uh, so many different plants that to get different results and so if you can pull them together so they look really well mm. like as in a fabric or in a painting mm. then you, you get some success there do you get many questions when you're doing that placement and people go oh, i'm not Used to that, or what are you yes. doing that for? Well, I think it's new sometimes. We still, we still, with our business, uh, place all the plants. 
Even though we've got a drawing and everything's placed, if you start and and so if something or the contractor's dropping planting in and it's say ten or thirty centimeters out or something like that, it really affects the whole thing. Yeah, it does. So we we like to go on site uh, and place everything. Uh, um, and it's really hand. and then it's really for them. The, the contractors to dig the hole and yeah 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 put it well, in. yeah yeah yeah. But, uh, I d- I've done plenty of hole digging, but yeah. um, but yes, it's uh, it's up to them. Uh, uh, plants, plant, plants are very sort of they're very delicate things, you know. Uh, they get treated a bit rough, uh, really. Um, I've noticed what I find quite interesting about Australia. I don't know if it happens anywhere else that we still have this fixation for European style gardens. Yes. Hedges, box yes. hedges, which have been round f- since the 80s, yeah, and yeah. they just don't seem to be going away. And I look at them, I find them very... Um, they're anxious. Placed. They're anxious, and they're very I've very constructed. And yes. I, um, why is it that pe- even if people do a modernist house, yes. that it's, and I've seen it in apartments all over town, yes. that even if they do a forecourt to a reception area, mm. they have this very formalised European gardens when we just they're high maintenance, high you know high amount of water, oh, and yeah. and well, they don't show the seasons very often. So why do we have this fixation with this European style garden? I don't know. I think uh, and not just in Melbourne, Sydney. No, no, no. It's everywhere. A, no, it's like uh, uh, it's what people uh, attain to. Uh, uh, I think I don't know. I think if you go, th- if you travel through Provence or if you go through Italy, uh, yes, there is some sort of sense of of, of appropriateness. But to bring it back here, uh, I think it has to be very cleverly integrated. Yeah. But I, I see the Australian garden, the Australian landscape, much more free form. I don't see any straight lines, really. Uh, I think uh, to get the straight lines in, uh, again, takes a, a fair bit of skill. But I think also the mistake of working a garden from the outside in, where you put your plantings on the perimeter, and then you start working your squares or your lines back in, uh, I think is, is a problem. I always think work from the middle of your gut, work from the middle and then out and lose your boundaries. That, 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 that's the way so I So it I actually makes the, the property look more expensive? Yes, it does. So you uh, blacken yeah. off fences? Yeah, blacken off fences, put creepers in front, then uh, float your bigger trees uh, above and, and then start doing your layering like that because what's uh, the feeling of a garden is layering to meet, to be able to look through and and not just be confined, I think yeah. is important. And surpri- I think surprise and change of season and, and walking into a garden going, oh God, look at what's happened here. Yeah, no. And it just changes every week. It changes every week. Uh, we're, we're heading for a hot weekend, Stephen. I know. There'll be... Um, 43. There'll, <laughs> <laughs> there'll be some more changes uh, uh, because uh, these trees are dropping their leaves. It's like autumn at the moment. They just can't... Has there been... I know for a while when the drought was really in full swing a few years ago. Many plants were kind of um, taken off the wish list. But I'm seeing now... uh, You are. You're seeing a bit of a reemergence of camellias and and, and, and that sort of thing. And magnolias. Fantastic. um, I think... And um, they're wonderful. They are. uh, I think, yeah, they are, as long as they've got... uh, Enough little water. Bit, enough water. I think our memories are quite short. There's there were so many plants now that aren't that aren't grown because uh, uh, 
of the drought. And I think the drought, Stephen, mm. really did have a big influence on how garden designers uh, worked uh, their, their gardens too because uh, a lot more hard paving came into being. So, so we, 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 instead of planting, uh, it was paved or it was uh, uh, pebbled or, or, the, the, or, or you had water, you contained water, mm. so you got uh, that feeling. So that, again, is a hangover from Provence and, and Italy too down, yeah. because they're dry, they're dry, they're dry. And, um, so, um, and Spain... So you did get you'd get that influence of of European, but and but the English sort of gardens sort of dropped away. Rick, um, even though these are very, you know, all your gardens are, are very much in appropriate to the context. Who would you say your greatest heroes in the landscape design world, overseas? Who have been the ones that you've seen and you've said, "Ah, oh, I'd love," you know. Is it, is it a difficult question? No, well, I, I, I feel sort of ignorant because I, 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 yeah. I don't look at very yeah. much. Uh, I look at uh, pretty much uh, the, the, the natural. Uh, the I'm, natural I'm, much, bush. I'm much more inspired yeah. by the, na- the, natural, the natural bush or the landscape or the sea or, or the coast or, the, or Alice Springs or yeah. the McDonald Ranges or the Flinders. I'm much more influenced by that than I am by looking at uh, other garden designers. Mm-hmm. Do you know, on the top, off the top of my head, I couldn't give you the name well, of, of Alice, a content- Well, Alice, oh, well, Alice yes, she, he, he was a breakthrough. He broke through. And Gordon Ford. Yes, that. Uh, and fantastic it was too because, yeah. uh, uh, you know, that, that Ford, those you know the placement of those rocks and and uh, and the integration of using uh, grown Australian natives because yeah. but now you see those plants uh, those plants uh, they don't get used they they're, they're sort of uh, that's that's changed as well. Uh, so. The other thing I was going to um, bring up, and I think it's a very important one, it's just like um, architecture and design, the whole package, mm. with all the makeover shows now. Everyone's a designer, and that's probably a bit of a problem as well when it comes to yeah. engaging in the creative process of creating yeah. a garden. Yeah, I think the change of psyche of a of a client uh, uh, about uh, employing a designer as a consultant to work through has has changed somewhat because there's now a lot of designers that are working with a product. So they sell their product to cover some of their consultancy costs, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. I think there's a there's a merged line there, uh, but uh, to have, I think it's terribly important. I don't want to push yeah. the designer's own barrow, but yeah. it's the making and the whole guts of a garden is the design of the garden. Mm-hmm. If you don't. Do the get the design right. You're going to lose out big time. You're going to lose out big time. Rick, do you have many clients who you know you might have done a scheme for them, say twenty, thirty years ago? The family changes, the ideas change. All of a sudden, they don't want the same thing. Do you tend to have you revisited yeah, gardens yeah, that you've done and said, look, we and want it's something. great, and it's great because really, uh, I, I think. Fifteen years, twenty years is the, is is uh, the uh, life of a garden. Uh, it's there for 200 years, you know, the, the major plantings. But 
but 15 years, 20 years, but there's a bit of a makeover, you know, a re and a reassessment of who's using the garden. And we're doing quite a lot of that. It must be my age, Stephen, but we're getting quite a lot of calls to come back and they've enjoyed the gardens or the kids have bought it or someone else has bought it, but can it be revamped? And that's, that's just a... It's a bit like painting a house, isn't it? Yeah. It's mm. a lovely idea because mm. uh, recently I was in Sydney and uh, I was looking at Peter Muller's work, yeah. who's one of the leading architects in Australia, mm. extraordinary architect. Mm. And um, he's now, a number of people have bought his houses in Palm Beach and they're restoring them and they're actually use, using Peter as a consultant. Uh-huh. And I think that's quite lovely to yeah. bring in the original designer yeah. so okay. that they get the reading. Yeah, yeah. That's that's great. I'd like to see I'd like to see architects uh, work more closely with garden designers uh, because uh, uh, there seems to be a little bit of a, a hesitancy there. Uh, architects. Uh, overall, I think a bit of control freaks anyway. Exactly. Uh, uh, I can say that, and uh, and so uh, how, where they place their their hard paving or their sitting areas or how they how they feel as they and they want all uh, quite a bit for the building to be noticed much more than I would see as a garden designer. I love architecture, I lo- and if it's raw and it's there to be seen, fantastic. But, but a couple of uh, wild old trees nearby can look pretty good, can't it? Frank Lloyd Wright. Uh, I, well, um, Billy Griffin always used yeah, to Burley put Griffin. lemon-scented yeah. gums in yeah. front of his buildings, and that was the signature yes. of his, yeah. his and, houses. And beautiful too. Yeah, that still stands in uh, Tirak Road there, doesn't it? It's wonderful. It's wonderful. The Langy Apartments. Mm. Um, the other thing is that uh, you've probably noticed also a reduction in the swimming pool size. Yes, the, but the not bi- a reduction in the amount of swimming pools. I, I mean, I, I think there's more swimming pools going in now really? than ever. And, uh, because the place is heating up. Yeah, I think so. And I think, um, I don't know, I think it's a bit of a status as well, um, symbol. I, I, I really do. I, uh, and, and I'm at, I have got, uh, t- I live in town, in, in St- and I have a place down uh, at the coast of Flinders, and I have a pool at both places. And I can tell you, I'm thinking, why have I got it? You know, why? Uh, the maintenance. Uh, yeah, the maintenance, the cost. And I mean, it's great to look at. You know, it's nice if you've got a nice natural pool, but I, I would like to to take some sort of uh, uh, test and say how much does a swimming pool really get used? If you've got kids, maybe, yes, a little bit more, but I think uh, how often you would go into a swimming pool through the summer season in Australia would be a good question to ask yourself. The other thing I've always questioned um, is a number of people put in water features in their gardens. I don't mind them, but I've always found them like a toilet that's not, that's <laughs> yeah. just continually um, dripping. dripping. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't stand it. But yeah. obviously people like that I think, that backdrop. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, yes. Well, I think it's, it's a bit, uh, uh, you have to tune your ear a little bit. I think the tinkle of water is quite romantic, but, you know, that uh, annoying drip or, or, the, or the, the rush or the flush is, is, not, is, not, is not so becoming, yeah. Rick, if I, was, uh, where do you, well, if I was interviewing you in 10 years' time, where do you think landscape, the domestic landscape's heading to? Well, that's a good question. I think it'll be, I think gardens will become owned by the rich. That's the way I see it. Uh, 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 they're expensive to put in, 
Mm. Uh, you need land. Uh, and I just sort of, if you think back through history, uh, Stephen, the richest, the kings, the richest aristocracy, the bigger the gardens they had. That's how it goes. And it seems to me now that uh, home gardening, home, to do your home gardening and so forth and, and to potter around and, and, and not have a design garden, uh, I think is becoming uh, a part of, part of uh, the rich lifestyle. Hmm. Yeah. And thing, I think that'll happen. I think that that's how it'll go. The other thing you probably have noticed, I don't know, people requesting more kitchen gardens now. Yes, uh, I think uh, I think a fad. I, I think yeah. a, a phase. I think um, it's too much work. And you it's a lot. A lot. They're very expensive vegetables, too. Uh, by the so you're time, not saving a lot. You no, know, it's it's nice to be able to go out, but again, it's a bit like a swimming pool. <laughs> I don't know how many times. All that work, everything comes in to uh, harvest at once, and uh, it's nice to have... Uh, herbs, yes. Herbs where you pick again, you know, uh, grow and pick again and so forth and so forth. But but to take up space to grow... Uh, carrots or, or, or something like that, or a cabbage, you know, really, yeah. But Do you tend to talk people out of it? Like if, if they're putting their vegetable no, patch I try, in the No, I try and make them... Understand that it does. It's an. It's only another plant, and it doesn't. You don't have to have a designate, a designated space, e.g., like a bedroom, as a veggie garden. You can put it, it can, under the trees. It can be. Yeah. It, it can be landscape. integrated. So you can have fabulous rhubarb, with that fabulous foliage, in amongst. And this is uh, a lovely visual treat. Yes, in, in, in amongst perennials or, or whatever. So you don't have to have that designated uh, veggie garden. You've got walls. You've got walls or structures that you can grow all sorts of vegetables on. You know, pumpkins are fantastic up high. Rick, what gives you the most pleasure about the garden? Is it the creative process, seeing, the, seeing it mature, coming back to something after years? Or is it just the idea of trying new ideas out all the time? I think I love trying new ideas. Uh, clients are quite sceptical about new ideas. I think you see you see now in design a lot of I want what the neighbours have got, but perhaps with a little bit more bigger or bigger or do this. It's, it seems to be that the people are happy to follow their neighbours. Look, I went to an area uh, in... Malvern recently, a very mm. beautiful part of Malvern. I couldn't believe how identical the gardens were. They're mm. almost the same. I know. I They're I, all very well manicured. Yeah. But I, I thought, isn't that interesting? They're just identical. Yeah. Like the I don't think that's. Homes. I don't think that's the designer's fault actually. Yeah. I think. I think it's this sheep mentality that people are afraid of listening and to create new new ideas and uh, uh, and they they see the next door neighbour and that's what they. Quite feel comfortable about, and so they're asking their designer or their preferred designer to say, "Well, this is what I want." Or they open up a book or a magazine and say, "This is what I want, and I like that urn." Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so the thing that they're sort of working to a recipe, which mm. I find uh, from a uh, from a cr creative uh, it's a bit disheartening, a, a bit disheartening. Yes. But look, I'd like to think as we move forward that people are becoming more knowledgeable and more excited about gardens because I've just moved into a place with a garden and I love it to death. Well, that's I, I'm, I'm heartened to hear that. Um, but uh, I think 
I don't know. I think there's I think there's been a, a general move away yeah. from the love of gardens, and I think that's why in town planning or you know the the, the, the there needs to be far more emphasis on where people can go into yeah. parks and gardens yeah. and, uh, and and use them more perhaps like European cities. Rick, do you tend to work on many commercial projects, or you prefer the domestic side? Uh, I do like I do um, again. Again, domestic, uh, commercial side uh, are, are again um, sort of the, the, the stuck in a bit of a, a rut as well. I, I, I think, I, I'd, and some, but uh, yeah, and in some cases, you're you've got you get a good brief where you can do some adventurous sort of stuff. But uh, I still think that the parks and gardens or the, the kids' play area and so forth, perhaps except for you know the kids' area at. Um, the, the the gardens which was botanical fant- gardens which was fantastic and then but it, it is it becomes a bit uh, uh, and I think also a little bit controlled by the the architects as well yeah. and and, and yeah. councils yeah. You now look I've, I've, I find gardens interesting uh, I've, I've to me they've enriched my life yeah, and right. and I find them very relaxing and. but it is this idea that people should be able to get in and enjoy the experience yes. yeah. And it changes uh, yeah. all the time. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think there's there's a, there's a difference um, between uh, some clients. I, 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 there's a lot of people. Do you do gardening? Do you get in and do some gardening? Oh, yes. You do. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, there's a lot of people that don't do that, and so so their fulfilment comes from visual. So a uh, visual and the use of that of that facility, where there's I think a true gardener. That, that that really loves gardens and loves to garden is a different kettle of fish, yeah. and uh, and uh, and gardening's fantastic. I think well, I think it's the most uh, the biggest hobby in Australia, and uh, as far as money goes. Rick, do you get called up regularly? Like once a garden's in, and people have used it, and you know, obviously you know, the people who have the visual approach of the garden. But do you <coughs> do you actually get called by clients? Sorry. Do you get called by clients on a regular basis to look at how gardens are going, or do you tend to inspect them once every ten years? No, no, years? no. We, we we try and keep uh, up uh, sort of a regular visit, you know, yearly or two yearly. Uh, we don't do that all the time, uh, but we do it. We have clients that uh, you tend you sort of it's like growing together. Uh, you know, you put this garden in, and and you're still friends. You know, you've become friends, and and you still see them thirty years later, and uh, and you're still visiting their properties, and, uh, and and working on their next, you know, working on their next venture, or their their kid, their next kids' venture, or or that sort of thing. So, uh, you do make you do make uh, some and meet some lovely people that are garden lovers. Yeah. Look, thanks so much for coming into the on the show today, Rick. I could talk to you about gardens endlessly, but unfortunately we haven't got the time. Oh. Look, thanks for coming in. My pleasure. You've been with Rick Exley, a garden designer of note, um, on Stephen Crafty's Talking Design. Thanks so much for listening.